0: Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. We're not having a party, so if you didn't get your donuts... Sorry, right. we had a party at the beginning, started a little bit later, so but there will be donuts in the back unless the kids are out there, then they'll eat them for you, and that'll be fun. We're continuing our conversation, What If... And this morning we are going to be looking at what if everyone prayed. When you say the word prayer, I don't know about you, but my mind goes to this kind of religion aspect. I think of words that you're supposed to say. Maybe there's things that you prayed. We we used to get we used to pray before we ate dinner when I was younger, and I remember the prayer to this day, but it meant Nothing. The rest of the week, we we didn't pray any other time, but it was, bless this food, O oh Lord, for which we're about to receive, and bless this happy home. Ha, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, I added the ha because you would had to have been there, uh, and so there was these prayers that were just part of our routine, or maybe you know you would pray the Our Father, or you know forgive us sinners now the hour of our death. I don't remember the whole thing, but there are certain prayers that maybe you go through a rosary or you repeat, and this is your idea of prayer. It's words that you say to God. But I want us to look at things a little differently. See, we actually believe that when we pray, God hears us. And we also believe that we can hear God speak so much so that if we listen to what he says, He is actually able to direct our lives. And so I want us to have in our minds the idea of prayer being a conversation with God that would actually affect the world around us as well as affecting us. Don't think of it as just mere words. Think of prayer as a, a dynamic exchange between you and God that can bring powerful change to the world around us. You know, a very familiar scripture in 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 it says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wickedness, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal heal their land." What if prayer is able to bring healing to the world around us. And so I I want, as we step into this conversation, to open our thoughts about what prayer is and think of it as something that's dynamic. And we're going to start off with a video. We're going to show a short video, and then I'm going to come up and give us some aspects of prayer that I think can change us and the world around us. So let's start with the video. When I'm in a conversation with my wife, and she says something like, The trash is full. I don't respond and say, Okay. She is saying the trash is full for a reason. She wants me to ask one of the kids to empty it. <laughs> There's. Purpose in the conversation there's a direction in the conversation the, the conversation isn't just out there and yet I think many times for us prayer is something that we just leave out there and, and don't see it in that dynamic sense we don't see it as a conversation and, and even just thinking about the way we pray at times and if you're in a group parent and I'm not trying to criticize however you pray is a good thing. I want you to know that and even if you stumble over your words, that's fine. But I often think about my dialogue with people and then my dialogue with God. Again, I wouldn't say, O'Crine, would you please get me dinner, O'Creen? Just if you could just make, you know, spaghetti O'Creen. If you wouldn't mind, Ocarine, please just... And you see what I'm saying? It becomes very kind of narrow vision. It's not really a conversation. It's more of just something that's very limited. And so what if prayer was dynamic? What what if we could pray in a way that would affect us and affect the world around us? I mean, let's face it. Everyone prays. All religions pray. Muslims pray, Buddhists pray, Hindus pray, atheists in foxholes pray, okay? Everyone prays. It's not about praying. It's about connecting to the living God and allowing his voice to influence our lives and then our voice actually influence what happens around us. And and so I want to look at four different aspects of prayer and four things that we can maybe take from these areas in scripture and apply to ourselves and and what prayer looks like. And so first turn to Luke chapter 23, or it's going to be on the screen. I'll read it to you because we're going to try and go through these things pretty quick for time's sake. Jesus is on the cross and it says that two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. This first area of prayer is probably one that is the most important for some of you. And that's the area of forgiveness. Some of you are in a place where there is resentment, there is bitterness that is consuming your life. And what you need to pray is, Father, forgive them. Now, this kind of prayer is is not Truthfully, what I would pray if I was in Jesus' situation. How about you? If I was there on the cross and they were crucifying me, I don't think I would say, Father, forgive them. I would think, Father, smite them. Whatever smiting is, do it. Do it now. Or, 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 Father, get me down from here, and I'll take care of things. Or, I remember you. I remember faces and I'm gonna be back in three days okay just want you to know that that's my posture my posture isn't father forgive them and I know this area of forgiveness is something we struggle with well why should I forgive them they haven't asked to be forgiven do I have to forgive if they haven't asked to be forgiven don't they have to ask me to forgive them so that I can then choose to forgive them otherwise why should I forgive them if they haven't asked to be forgiven But you see, he says, Father, another God, I want you to forgive them. It has nothing to do with accepting what they've done. What they've done could be still horrific and still deserve even judgment at that time. But God, I want you to not hold this against them. You see, there's a posture of the heart. And for me, that is a difficult thing. But here's the thing. A lot of people think, well... I can't follow Christ because I just can't forgive them. Well, maybe what you need to think about is maybe you need to come to Christ so that you can forgive them. But what if everyone here forgave those who has wronged them? What if none of us here harbored bitterness? That spouse... Who left you that parent who abandoned you those people who hurt you or hurt your children what if that did not consume and eat at you what if you were free from that burden how would it change the dynamic of our community how would it change the dynamic of my life how much energy do I put into that hurt that pain how much strength does that draw away from me? Instead of living a life that would be full, I am imprisoned by this pain. And so for many of us, what needs to take place is we need to pray, Father, forgive them. Now in my mind, they knew what they were doing. Didn't it seem like that? They know what they were doing but they had no idea how dark that deed actually was. They had no concept, the depth of what they were doing. And really, that is the reality of everything around us. The the fact that everything we do, we give an account to the God who is alive and who will judge the quick and the dead. Most people do not know that. And if we know that, God forgive them, they really don't know what they're doing. And so this first area of forgiveness is a difficult one, but I think it's a necessary one because this area of forgiveness frees us. And for some of you here, this is the most important thing you will hear from this aspect of pray. Maybe you just need to pray, God forgive them. God, help me to trust you for forgiveness. God, give me the ability to ask you to forgive them. And give me wisdom how to move forward with my life so that it's not bound by this bitterness. And and since we are created for conversation and communion with God, that actually should affect the way we live our lives. And and so this conversation should affect how we move forward. And and it should not only affect our lives, it should affect the lives around us. But what if everyone prayed for God to forgive their enemies and we're no longer entrapped by bitterness? Now, I want to look at another passage because not only is God speaking to us, but he is speaking and affecting the outcome around us. And this is one of my favorite passages. I've read it a, a bunch of times. 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 32 to 33. Solomon is praying, dedicating the temple. If there was ever a time where your prayers could be just very focused on the event, this would be one of those times. This is a monumental event happening in the Jewish history. The temple They've been traveling in tents this whole time, the tabernacle, and now we have a place of substance, a place that is our own home. This is where you've promised us, and now we are going to set up the temple that you've allowed us to have. And so it's a big deal in Solomon's prayer. In verse 32, he says, As for the foreigner, this is the stranger who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your own people Israel, and may know that this house I have built bears your name. Let me ask you, when is the last time you prayed that God would answer the prayer of someone who does not know Jesus? When did you ever pray, maybe it's your boss or maybe it's a, a coworker or a friend and you know they're not a person of faith. Have you ever gone up to them and say, hey man, can I pray for you? I know you're an atheist and you don't really believe in God, but I believe in God and I'd like to know, what would you like to see take place in your life? Is there anything I can pray for? Are you looking for a promotion, a job? I just want to pray that God would bless you so that you would know that if he does answer that, well, great. You know, if you don't believe, hey, it's no harm. But if, you know, maybe he is there and maybe he would just answer that prayer. When was the last time you prayed for a person who didn't believe in God, that God would answer their heart's desires, their requests? What if we could engage the living God on behalf of those who don't yet have a conversation link with God and on behalf of them say, hey, what do you need? I know there's been times in my family's life where they've been hurt and they've asked for prayer and I prayed and then they called me and said, hey, when you prayed for me, it changed. The pain went away. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's what God does. And what that does is let them know that there is a God in heaven who answers prayer. You see, this isn't just I'm speaking out words. No, I'm connecting to the author of life. The one who has created all things. We are in touch with the living God. And so what do those who are outside of faith need? And are you praying for them so that God will show up in their life? What if everyone prayed that God would do amazing things to those who don't yet know Christ? Would do amazing things in their lives and they would be able to attribute those things to the fact that you prayed and God answered. What if we prayed in this way? I was supposed to change that, sorry. Turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 23. This this next avenue of prayer is rather difficult or it can be. Acts chapter 4 starting at verse 23. And to give a little backdrop, things aren't going well. The, the disciples have just been persecuted and beaten for their faith. So it, it's not a good day on, on that aspect. Verse 23, they start out and they say, and interesting, this is the only recorded prayer in the book of Acts, at least that I was able to find. There's talk of them gathering to pray, but this is the only recorded prayer that takes place in the book of Acts. In verse 23, it says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together and prayed to God. Sovereign Lord, they said. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Now, what would you pray after that? Okay, God, they have taken your son. They have crucified him and now they are after us. Now, you are the God who is in control of all these things. This has happened to us. Now, Lord, consider their threats. And then what would you say? What would your prayer be? consider their threats, and get them kicked out of office. Bring in a new government control. Help them get dysentery and leave us alone. Or move us to Antioch where we can talk about them from a safe distance. Stop them. Smite them. That's where my mind goes. Smite them again. Whatever smiting is, do that. Stop them. But listen to what their prayer is. Their prayer is, and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Instead of praying, stop this. Take us out of this circumstance. Their prayer is, Lord, enable us to speak with great boldness. Their desire was that the truth that they knew would be proclaimed, that it wouldn't be hindered, that there was something more important than their comfort that was taking place. There was something of more value. And so in the midst of persecution, their request to God was, God, let us be bold And then it goes on, it says, and stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know, a lot of people wonder, well, why aren't there signs and wonders? I want God to do the miraculous. I want to see the signs and wonders that would take place. And, you know, we want God to perform things that are miraculous so that we can follow him and be courageous. God, do something and I'm with you. You know, you bring the the plagues down on Egypt and we'll stand behind Moses and say, yeah, that's our God. But here, what is taking place is their prayer is for boldness. We see that there's first courage and then God does something. You see, God looks for people of courage and then affirms their lives by the miraculous, not the other way around. God looks for people who are willing to step into these areas to be courageous So then the miraculous takes place. And maybe the reason we see God do so little that we would find astonishing is because there are few lives that are wanting to be astonishing that God could actually affirm. Maybe the reason God isn't doing amazing things is because we are not living astonishing lives that God can do amazing things through. Maybe what we're trying to do is get out of it deliver me, instead of, I'm here, use me. What if everyone prayed, God, give me boldness? Now, this happens again in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul writes, so turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So Paul believes in prayer. He says, pray, pray, pray in every way. Pray for me. And there's a similarity between Paul's prayer and what took place in Acts chapter 4. Do you catch it? Give us boldness. Paul says, give me the words to speak so I might speak it fearlessly, that I might declare it fearlessly. Why would he say, I want to declare declare it fearlessly? Because he's probably afraid. Why would they say, God, give us boldness? Why? Because they're probably afraid. What if we prayed, God, give me boldness to share the truth that you have revealed to me about who Jesus is to the people around me? Because if you're like me, you're afraid. If you're like John and Peter, you're afraid. Now, they're afraid because they're getting beaten. It might be a little different. If you're like Paul, you're afraid. And fear keeps us from engaging in this powerful truth and then seeing the incredible things that God can do take place. What if we all prayed, God, deliver me from this fear of sharing the truth of who you are to the people around you. You know, what you would probably find out is if you would take into that step And have a conversation that there are probably a lot of people hungry to hear that conversation. But we're just afraid to step into it. And maybe the problem is that the people who aren't afraid are the people who are so dogmatic and so arrogant and so just boisterous and in your face that that's the only conversation that's being heard because those who have this dynamic relationship with God that is loving and gentle and like Jesus just are afraid to speak. And so the people around us are only getting this one voice and they're saying, that's not for me. Maybe our voice needs to enter into this realm and this arena of conversation that we too need to talk to people about the God we believe in and why we believe in it. And breaking into that grounds is an important thing. I can remember a friend of mine who wasn't a believer and spending some time with him and then we went out to eat. And I said, well, let's grab lunch. And it was... At this time, I was thinking, I just got to bring this. He knows who I am. He knows I'm a follower of Christ. He knows I'm serving in this Christian community. It's time for the conversation. And that's kind of how I said We're sitting there, and I was having some tortilla soup and salad. I remember that. How funny. And I remember talking to him and said, you know what? I really want to talk to you just about God. You know it's an important thing for me. And he just stopped and he says, yeah, I know. We need to have this talk. And I was able to share with him just the reasons why a relationship with Jesus is important. And I was able to have a conversation and talk to him and I found out from him that there were a lot of things hindering him in this dialogue. You see, he grew up in a Muslim home and his father passed away and the last thing his father did before he passed away was gave him his Quran and said, here, I want you to keep this after I die. And so he's got the burden of his father's wish to continue living in this religion. And here his friend is talking to him now about Jesus. And so it was something that he needed to talk through. And as we were going on the conversation, he would say, well, I, would say, well, I think you already know what is true. I think that's why we're here and that's why we're having this conversation. I think God is already speaking to you. And even though you, you've you been feeling this pressure to, to continue living in this belief, there is a truth that keeps shouting into your life and you can't ignore it any longer. And he said, yeah, it's true. And as we finished eating and we were going outside and I was able to, to spend some time with him, I said, you know what? Do you want to make a decision to follow Jesus? And he says, I do. And I can remember God whispering to me and saying, I want you to get on your knees and pray with him. And we were out in the parking lot. It was Island's restaurant when it used to be. And so we were there and I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking in my, while I'm talking, to why would I do that? And I had this impression, because if you do not make this moment monumental, it will disappear in his heart. So I said, "If you'd like to, would you kneel with me here and pray?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he kneeled. I was like, "Oh, shoot. now. Now I got it." <laughs> and there we were in the parking lot, on our knees, and he prayed to receive Christ. I was afraid to get on my knees. I was afraid to have this conversation. I was afraid I would lose a friend. What if we prayed for boldness, not to be silent? but to allow the the truth of our faith to permeate our conversations with those around us? What if we prayed that God would indeed give us boldness? There's one last passage I want to turn to, and that's in Acts chapter 10. Acts 10, starting verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian Regiment. Okay, this is the enemy to the Jewish people. He's a part of the Italian Regiment, those who are oppressing the Hebrew people. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. And Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he said. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. And so here's this centurion, this Italian guard, and this guy is seeking after God, he's doing the things that he knows to be good and God sees him and says, you know what, what you've done has come up as a memorial and it freaks him out because now God answers him. Usually he prays, he does things, but now God actually shows up and he's afraid. And God says, I want you to send some guys over to a man whose name is Simon, who's called Peter. He's living with another guy named Simon who's not called Peter, who's actually called Simon. I don't know why they do that, but anyway, he's over there. I want you to go call for him and bring him back to your house. Now, I'm going to go through the next passage kind of with you guys so that you have just understanding. Peter at this time is staying at Simon's house, the real Simon, and as he's there up on top of the roof, he has this vision. And God brings this sheet out with all kinds of food that is unclean. It is not kosher probably seafood probably like some shrimp scampi or something like that it, it, it's there and peter it, the the voice says to peter kill and eat and peter says no No, I know your rules, God. I have never eaten anything unclean. And the voice says again, kill and eat. He goes, no, not so. (laughs) This is a test. You're testing me to see if I'll compromise. I'm not going to compromise. I've never eaten anything unclean. And then again, the voice says, kill and eat. And when Peter says, no, I've not eaten anything unclean, the voice says, don't you dare call unclean what I have cleansed. And this is an illustration of what is going to be happening. God is giving him a preview of what is going to be taking place. God is letting him know that Italian food is good. (laughs) No, he's, he's letting him know that there is a man, an Italian, a centurion, who is going to be coming to your house. And I want you to go with him. I want you to receive him. You see, in your heart, you don't have room for this Gentile, but there's room in my heart. You see, in your heart, you don't care about Cornelius, but I care about Cornelius. You are not concerned with Cornelius, but I care about Cornelius, and I want you to go to him. And so Peter goes and there in Cornelius' house, he has all his servants and all the people waiting and he says, okay, God told us that you were going to come and whatever you say, it's done. We are in. Maybe there are some of you here this morning and the prayer you need to pray is, God, show me the truth. And reveal yourself to me. And if you do, I'm in. Make yourself known to me. And I will follow you. Maybe that's where you're at now. And your prayer needs to be, God, reveal yourself to me. So that I can become one of your followers. And so we can't have... a a time called what if everyone prayed and not have a time where we all pray. And we, we've kind of looked at four different topics. We, we've talked about these areas. And, and what I want to do is take some time that as we talk about these things, if these areas are going to apply to you, I want you to stand and acknowledge that this is an area where you want to pray in. And then at the end, I will lead us in a prayer together. And so maybe you're here this morning and the prayer that you need to engage in is forgiveness. You, you need ask, Father, forgive them. And if that's your area, stand up. If, if forgiveness is something that is on your heart where you need to forgive the people who have wronged you and it is holding you captive, then stand up we're going to be praying about that. And maybe the area of prayer that's resonating with you is that you need to pray for those people around you, your friends who who don't know Christ And you need to pray God's blessing on them, that God would answer their prayers, that God would bless them so that they would see that there is a God in heaven who hears and answers prayer. And maybe that's where you need to engage and be a person of prayer. And if that resonates with you, would you stand up in that aspect? And maybe what you need to do is pray that God would give you boldness. Maybe you are afraid that you know the truth and it is dear to your heart, but you are just scared to death to talk to some people about it. And you don't know how to go about this conversation. And what you need to do is say, God, give me boldness that the truth would not be chained. May I be your vehicle Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And maybe the prayer that you need to pray is, God, I don't want to be afraid. Give me the boldness. If that's you, stand up. And maybe you're a person who is yet to come to Christ and your need is, Lord, reveal yourself to me so that I can follow you if you will show yourself to me, make yourself known, then I will, like Cornelius, be all in. And if that's you, stand up, and we can close in prayer. Father, we are standing here because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the dynamic relationship that we have with you, that the God who raised Jesus from the dead has made us alive as well and is speaking to us. And Father, for those who are captured by hurt and pain and bitterness and Lord are praying that you now forgive those who have hurt them. Lord, I pray that the burden be lifted off of their shoulder and that weight no longer hold them down in living lives that are free From those burdens free from that pain free from that hurt free from that wanting to get even free from that it's just not fair and entrust them to you and ask God you would forgive them and Lord we come to you because we need you to be able to forgive them and Lord some of us are standing because there are people around us who do not know you and we have neglected praying for them we have Neglected to care enough about their relationship that's severed from you to lift that up to you, and so we do right now lord we we pray for those people who are around us, God that you would bless them, that you would answer their prayer that you would heal them of their sickness that we would go up to them and say can i pray for you can i pray for the situation with your child your promotion at work your test that's coming up would it be okay if i prayed because i believe in a god who answers prayer and i want him to answer your prayer and lord some of us are just afraid Lord we don't know what to say we're not good with words and it is stopping us from sharing the truth that you have revealed to us and we don't want to be bound by that fear God we don't want to live without being bold and God maybe if we would live lives of strong character and intention. Maybe if we lived astonishing lives, that you would be able to affirm those lives with astonishing things. And so we step into that now, Lord. Give us boldness. And Lord, for those who have stood and said, Lord, I want you to make yourself known. God, you are already speaking to their hearts. And I pray, Lord, that the reality of your son, Jesus, would fall upon them and would comfort them and surround them. That it would be a rain of love that would pour over them and they would not be able to resist the God who cares so much, so deeply and so personally. Lord, what if we prayed? What would happen in our community if we would step into this conversation with you. Lord, we want to know. And we do ask these things now. In your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Enjoy each other's company. Stick around and talk. And if you need prayer, if you would like prayer, um, I'll be in the back and there will be some other people. Beth will be back there. Mary's back there. And so if you need prayer, please come back and see us. Uh, We'd love to pray with you guys uh, and continue this conversation. God bless you guys.